Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Where's God's power? Dad, I haven't seen God's power, and I want to see it, so I know he's real. Where's God's power? This is a question I was asked the other day by Emma. It's not the first time that I've been asked that, and I'll be honest that it took me back the first time I heard it. Such a specific and truly mature question for an almost six-year-old to be asking. But I guess these are the kinds of theological conversations that get stirred up for a double PK. That's a double pastor's kid, but who's counting? You know, in a parsonage with two pastors and two volumes of theological books and all kinds of other stuff, uh, you might get to wondering. uh, You know, and then these are also the kind of questions that get stirred up when you're home together for every hour of every day going on two months. So I wanted to know where this question came from. So after some prodding, we figured out that Emma was reading her story Bible. And in that story Bible, she really loves reading from the Old Testament stories. Noah's Ark, Daniel, Queen Esther, to name a few. And in these texts of the Old Testament, God acts with decisive power, right? Even if the main character or if some of the people in the text don't know right away that God is the one doing the acting, soon enough, they figure it out, right? Think about Jonah, for example. And so after reading these stories, Emma brings up a good question. Where is God's power? Now, maybe not in those exact words, but maybe you've been asking yourself lately, where is God's power? You may have seen different faith leaders trying to deal with this coronavirus, with the distance that we have with one another, the inability to gather together for worship. Some faith leaders have tried to harness or unleash God's power on the virus 
All of us have been asked to pray for safety, for health, maybe even for a return to some sense of normalcy. Where is God's power? Where is it? Well, Jesus speaks today to anxiety. Jesus speaks to the anxiety that the disciples have as he is preparing for his passion. Maybe you don't look at the Bible and see a lot of anxious folks. I think if you reread it in this time of pandemic, you might see more anxiety than you thought was there. Thomas said to him just prior to this lectionary in John 14, that line from John 14, 1 to 6, that text we often use as, at funerals, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? We know that line, but right before it, when, Tom, or when Jesus says that he goes ahead of us to prepare a place, Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. Now think about this. This is one of his disciples. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And these words come before Jesus is even arrested and crucified. This is five chapters before the resurrection. And Jesus says, because I live, you also will live. Because I live, you also will live. Well, isn't this the declaration that is at the heart of our faith? Right? It's the sixth Sunday of Easter. The resurrection is God's power even over death. Jesus already knew even before this happened that he was going to give us eternal life. And he tells the disciples, the world will not see me. Right? That's an interesting line. The world will not see him. Right? It will become a new normal. How many times have we heard that line? Right? A new normal. But the Holy Spirit will keep us connected. The us, referring to Jesus and the disciples. Jesus and us, the disciples and us, all people of faith connected through the Holy Spirit. The advocate will be with us forever. Jesus makes it clear that just because things would be different did not mean that he wasn't still with the disciples. He's preparing them for a time and a place when God's deeds of power were not going to look like they looked in the past. And the world was going to tell these disciples that we wouldn't see these deeds anymore because God wasn't working anymore. Or maybe that God really didn't exist at all. Or maybe that Jesus wasn't really God. Maybe he was just an imposter. But read Jesus' promise again. The world will no longer see me. That's not just a prediction. It's a promise. But we who believe will see him. And we will have life with him forever. Maybe the past few weeks and months have you feeling discouraged. Because I know they have for me. It would be so much easier if you could get out of your cars and walk through that door and we could just go back 
to how things have been. It is not easy to call and cancel church services. Holy Week, the Super Bowl for pastors at home in front of a phone screen, right? Then right when we got started with this, 15 days to stop the spread of the coronavirus. You remember getting that postcard? Did you deliver those postcards? Yeah, we're all laughing at that postcard now, right? 15 days. And then the hits kept coming and coming. School closing. Till the beginning of April, till the end of spring break, till April 30th. Now we're out until the end of the academic year, right? Summer camps. Pastor Jess has said all week I've been in a funk. We had to cancel Camp Luther the first time in 75 years that we had to cancel camp. The opening of pools and parks postponed indefinitely. Services in our parking lots instead of in our church buildings. Frankly, this is enough bad news for a whole year. And these things all came up in eight weeks. And some of us are thinking and saying, enough is enough. Let's just go back to the way it was. I'm right there with you some days. But then I think and pray about what Jesus is saying to us today. Think about what the Spirit is putting on us today. I will only be with you a little longer. The world will not see me, but you, you will see me. If you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my commandments. Listen closely. You might even hear the Spirit whispering. Because Jesus is telling the disciples, it is okay that things will change. It is okay that Jesus won't be there in the same way that he was before. Because he will always be with them through the Holy Spirit. In these days, it's okay to be frustrated that things just seem to keep dragging on. It's okay to be sad that we cannot do the things that we want to do. We can even be upset that we cannot worship in our church buildings the way we want to. I've got a beautiful wardrobe of liturgical vestments that you've all seen me wear that I haven't been able to put on for eight weeks. That makes me mad. There's nothing I wouldn't want to do more than throw on all that garb with names that nobody can pronounce and stand in front of that altar and say, this is the body of Christ given for you and put it in your hands. And it's felt strange. It's felt strange to not be inside, to not do church the way we've always done church. But to lament and constantly complain that I haven't been able to do things the way I've always done them is to take away from the fact 
that we have taken care of the gifts that God has given us, right? I mean, we have taken care of our buildings. People have been through them to check the pipes and the heating units and the other parts of our facilities. But throughout this time, we've also seen how resilient we are. We have not missed a week of worship through this time. Right? In two days, Pastor Jeff, pastor slash technology director, somehow figured out how to do all this stuff so that we could come to you on Facebook and YouTube and on the phone. And church members and friends of our parish have checked in on one another. Homebound members are finding new opportunities to worship over the phone and the internet. People who haven't been able to come to church the entire time that we've been your pastors have called in every single day we've had something over the phone. Incredible. People continue to give to our congregations so the work of ministry can carry on. None of this is possible by our hands alone. If it was up to us, it wouldn't have worked. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, has given us the gifts that we need to be the church and to show God's power to one another and to the world. Where's God's power, you ask? Well, if you're looking out into the world for it, you're probably going to be looking for a long time. But when Jesus ascended to the Father, the Spirit descended and rested on the heart of every believer. When we follow God's commandments, when we love one another, when we share the good news, our faith, we are working God's deeds of power. We are showing Christ to one another. We are living out our call to be Jesus' disciple. And that mission doesn't stop because we're in a pandemic. Yes, it's a whole lot easier to do it the way we've done it. There's a reason that the church is organized that way. But this mission doesn't stop because we can't do it the way we've always done it. It means that our calling is needed in this world now more than ever. So may the Holy Spirit equip us and send us to do this holy work.